to you live from Petoskey, Michigan. It's Northern Michigan's only live and local afternoon talk show, WMKT's Talk of the North. Something on your mind? Call our studio line at 866-371-1270 or connect on social media at Triple Talk WMKT on Facebook and X. Now, bringing you the latest news from the region, states, and around the country, here's your host, Nick Rudy. Good afternoon, Northern Michigan. Welcome to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKT, the talk station. Happy Thursday. Welcome into another show. You may not be streaming on your your smartphone right now over your cellular data. Man, what a big deal was made over the uh, the AT&T nationwide cell outage. Mostly AT&T, a little bit of Verizon and T-Mobile as well, partially affected it's kind of weird because um, I guess I really don't care what you what I if you guys know what I use and what I don't when it comes to these sort of things. I'm on Google Fi, which is uh, which uses mostly uh, it used to use T-Mobile and Sprint and U.S. Cellular, um, but they recently that was a couple of years ago actually at this point now. The uh, Sprint sold to T-Mobile, and so mostly on T-Mobile, I wasn't affected. Um, I know a lot of people actually really weren't affected, um, but. You know, AT&T's outage, again, it was nationwide. There was a lot of stuff that hit in southern Michigan, although not a ton in the Midwest, but certainly in southern Michigan, a lot out on the West Coast, a lot down in the South, uh, a little bit on the East Coast. But the Midwest, I mean, it was still hit, but not as badly as as other areas from what I've been seeing. Um, But yeah, most of the concerns, you know, it's like, oh, I can't stream my podcast in the car. That really wasn't what people were worried about, per se, because it was the data connection. uh, And it was also the voice call and the texting in some cases as well. So you couldn't get a a hold of 911, um, which obviously would be super problematic. And then the era of not having landlines. So you might have had to be uh, super good with uh, basically good with uh, smoke signals or something. So you get uh, get some help. But just goes to show you, I guess maybe having a landline is not the worst thing. Although, you know, having to pay—I don't even know how much you pay these these days. You know, for for a landline, um, just in, just uh, for just in case. But people were scrambling to uh, turn on Wi-Fi calling, all that good stuff. But it's crazy. Um, but otherwise, nice and partially sunny day in Northern Michigan. Um, a lot of sports tonight, for better or worse, uh, potentially for the worse. You get to see the Pistons back in action after returning from a. Well, it feels like a long all-star break, but they're on the road against the Pacers tonight at seven. Hopefully we'll get the dub. Uh, we're very close to not being the worst team in the NBA. Dug ourselves out of that hole a little bit. The Washington Wizards are only one game ahead of us, so maybe we can uh, cobble together a few games to overtake them. The Red Wings are also back on the ice. They are at home, Little Caesars Arena. It will be a tough game as they play rival and a top team in the NHL, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Good news for the Red Wings, though. The Devils lost their most recent game, so Red Wings remain a full four points ahead in the final wildcard spot. I just kind of like to renew this rivalry, beat a quality team, keep moving up in the playoff seeding ladder. Michigan basketball returns to the court. They are on the road against Northwestern at 9 p.m. Northwestern, a pretty decent team overall. They are 13-1 and at home, so it could be a rough game. Uh, We've 
we play a lot of Big Ten teams. Michigan does. I mean, state too. They play uh, the whole Big Ten plays each other quite a lot. Uh, they usually play each other twice in a season, but not Northwestern this year. I don't know why Michigan's only playing them once, and tonight is the only time that they play them. Maybe other than the Big Ten tournament or something, but we'll because we don't really have any way to gauge how we're going to match up from a previous game. But for comparison, Northwestern was one of those Michigan State choke jobs. State fell on the road 88 to 74 in early January. So that does not exactly bode well for the Wolverines. And speaking of MSU, no basketball for Sparty for a bit. They're off until Sunday when they take on Ohio State. Let's hope they can clobber them out of existence there. That would be nice to see. Finally, a little college football news. While worries of a potential transfer portal issue abounding, a new coaching staff in Michigan. We do have a little bit of good news there. To be junior tight end, Colston Loveland has been named the top returning tight end in the entire country by Pro Football Focus. He was a favorite of J.J. McCarthy's 45 catches for 649 yards, four touchdowns, many of them important, crucial catches as well. Who's going to be the new quarterback, though? Who's going to be throwing to him? That's the big question that no one really knows, and we're probably not going to know until uh, for several, several months. Is it going to be seventh-year senior Jake Tuttle? Is it going to be Alex Orgy? I don't know. Jake uh, Tuttle there gives off a little bit of a, like those John O'Corn vibes, and uh, Orgy gives off Joe Milton vibes. Fast, big arm, but maybe not the most accurate and best decision maker, so... We'll see. It's going to get them some reps and see who comes out on top, or maybe it's going to be one of the other two quarterbacks that are also already in-house. Lots to see and develop over the next several months. To our trivia question, though, for today, which of these countries borders the fewest countries? Mexico, Cameroon, India, or Cambodia? You can participate on the trivia poll over on X at Triple Talk WMKT, my personal X account at Nick Rudy. We have an interview headed your way. It's uh, rather funny timing again uh, today with this whole cellular outage affecting folks across the country. Again, a lot of people turning to Wi-Fi when they could. And today we are talking with Bill Morand of Charter Spectrum to talk about their growing broadband network across Northern Michigan. Have you been covered for a while? Did you just get added to their coverage area? Is that pending? How have they been affording this expansion? We will learn the answers to all of those questions coming up in just over 20 minutes. But man, what what was that cell service outage all about? I know there's been some speculation. Oh, it was a cyber attack. It was an EMP thing or this, that, or the other thing. We really don't know yet. Um, not going to to speculate too much until the facts come out. We don't like to be like other shows and other pundits and other news reporters who just uh, mouth off before knowing some of the base facts, at least. Um, it did seem, again, to be blown out a little bit out of proportion. I mean, it, it gained national traction immediately. Um, again, mostly affecting AT&T customers. 74,000 AT&T customers reported outages on the digital service tracking site down, down detector. Uh, those are self-reports, not all of them, obviously. So, but the reason I'm, I'm kind of rehashing this is, though, um, because I want to just kind of give you a couple of tips and tricks in case this were ever to happen again. I just mentioned down detector. That is a really great source if 
you know, let's say your uh, your phone data is not working or your Wi-Fi is out or <laughs> you were trying to play Xbox at four in the morning for some reason and you can't play. Is it just you? Was this a planned outage or is something more nefarious going on? Well, you can find out if others are having the same issue at Down Detector. That's all you have to type in. It's very popular. I can't log into Netflix. What's going on? I'm trying to watch... Uh, Love on the Spectrum again for the 800th time. That's a great place for you to go if you want to know if, like, am I just not technologically there and I'm just screwing something up or are people having issues like me as well? That's a common question that I have personally. So Down Detector is, uh, I think there's an app now too, but I usually go on the website version. Also, um, if this specific instance happens again, as far as data service being out, uh, voice and calls not working, especially if your voice and calls, your voice and texts uh, go through uh, cellular data, which is a very common, specifically with iPhones, Androids automatically come in with Wi-Fi calling pre-installed. Uh, I guess not pre-installed, but uh, pre-toggled on. It, it does. To, it's like, well, your data is really slow. We're actually going to switch over to Wi-Fi calling. It gives you the best crystal clear call, which which is why I like Android, by the way, but um, neither here nor there. You can still turn on Wi-Fi calling on iPhone or if it's turned off for whatever reason on Android. We over on our Facebook page at Triple Talk WMKT have a link. Um, it's actually Beaver Island um, that uh, their EMS program put out a nice little video about how to turn on Wi-Fi calling on your phone. So you can head over there if you'd like to know how to do that. And It'll just run in the background. It's not listening to any of your phone calls or anything like that or any less secure or not even any more secure, really. It, um, but honestly, Wi-Fi calling sometimes is a little bit more crystal clear because your internet connection, maybe you live in a dungeon somewhere and you're in cement blocks and you have your internet at home that is uh, really strong, but your cell phone connection maybe is not that great. So that's a great thing that you can do to turn on in case of emergency. Again, just wanted to put out those resources for you. Over on Facebook at Triple Talk WMKT. But back to our trivia question for today. Which of these countries borders the fewest countries? Mexico, Cameroon, India, or Cambodia? The answer today is Mexico. Only borders three countries. That would be the U.S., obviously, Belize, and Guatemala. Today is the 22nd of February. It is time for our famous birthday today. Today, we're wishing Steve Irwin a happy birthday. Australian naturalist nicknamed the Crocodile Hunter, who became popular through his work alongside dangerous animals on television, most notably on the television series that shared his nickname. He tragically died after being stabbed by a stingray in a freak accident. It was 2000, yeah, 2006. Um, that was like the most devastating. I was a major Steve Irwin fan growing up. If you ask my parents, I cried so much when they told me that this guy, I, was, I think it was eight at the time when he died. It was uh, absolutely devastating. Uh, but his children have carried on his legacy. Uh, he, he was young when he died. He's only 44. So his kids obviously then were very young. So they had to wait a bit before stepping up into his role. But they're 25 and 20 now. I've been very active in animal conservation. Here he is, interestingly enough, talking about money and how he kind of correlates that with uh, his conservation efforts. I think it's uh, very interesting to hear. 
What good is a fast car, a flash house and a gold plate of Dunny to me? Absolutely no good at all. I've been put on this planet to protect wildlife and wilderness areas, which in essence is going to help humanity. I want to have the purest oceans. I want to be able to drink water straight out of that creek. I want to stop the ozone layer. I want to save the world. And you know money? Money's great. I can't get enough money. And you know what I'm going to do with it? I'm going to buy wilderness areas with it. Every single cent I get goes straight into conservation. And guess what, Charles? I don't give a rip whose money it is, mate. I'll use it and I'll spend it on buying land. Absolutely amazing. Apolitical conservation. A rarity this days and age. Didn't notice uh, he said any government subsidies. He'll just take anyone's private donations. He doesn't need a fancy car, a fancy home. He'll live in a hut, but he'll buy land because that's what he feels like he's supposed to do. Happy birthday to Steve Irwin and all of our February 22nd birthdays. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, a sentence handed down in a heavily watched murder trial here in northern Michigan. More, another plant. Shuts down this time in Alpena, affecting many, many jobs. And county and city employees in Traverse City are worried about their safety at work. We'll get into those stories and many more coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Are you or someone you love struggling with an addiction to drugs or alcohol and want to be set free from the chains of addiction? Then call Addiction Helpline America right now to get the help you need. From drug and alcohol addiction to dual diagnosis treatment, we provide a confidential helpline to help people like you get sober and live happy, substance-free lives. Treatment helped me get my life back. I was so addicted, the only person I could focus on was myself and what I needed. I hit rock bottom and lost everything. Through treatment, I was able to overcome those demons and focus on my family again. I used until I overdosed and almost died. That was the end of the road for me. After seeking treatment, I now have hope. I learned skills that help me deal with life on life's terms. 800-932-1564. Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. You can always find people who are helping. Thank you to all the first responders who put their lives in danger to help us when my brothers and sisters and mom and dad and grandpa and grandma need them. Thank you, first responders. This is what I signed up for as a first responder. I am constantly worried about being exposed to this virus and potentially bringing it back to my home and my family. I'm going to continue going to work day in and day out and providing help to those that need it. We look out for the helpers because they look out for us. Thank you, first responders. safe, look after yourself, and look after one another. Thanks. Let's show up for first responders and their families. Go to firstrcf.org to find out how you can help today. Who'll be there to tell the story as history unfolds? To help us understand why our favorite team won or lost the game? Who'll be there to warn us when the storm is on its way? Will you? 
start a career in the broadcasting industry. On air or behind the scenes, there's a place for you. Go to BeThereMichigan.com to learn more. And apply online today at McDonaldGarberBroadcasting.com. Glenn Beck. This is one of the White House's go-to experts on disinformation. So let's take a step back here. Because it's more important for you to understand what the CCDH's demand actually means. Stu, do I still have your attention? Because it's this is really complex. But I just want to make sure people really understand it. Can you, I don't know, do something that would bring in people that don't have a real big attention span? Taylor Swift, she's in the luxury box watching the radio show today. Look at okay, her. Good, thank you. The Glenn Beck Program on WMKT. Nobody prepares more tax returns than H&R Block of Kingsley. That's right. At the H&R Block office right here in Kingsley, Michigan, more tax returns are prepared than at any other H&R Block in the world. For the tax professionals trusted by your friends and neighbors, trust H&R Block of Kingsley. From bookkeeping and payroll to taxes and advice, H&R Block of Kingsley. Your full-service accountant. Open year-round, seven days a week. Walk-ins always welcome. Drop-off and online options available. Call 231-486-5055. And now we return to your home for in-depth local news coverage. WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy, exclusively on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM WMKT, and streaming across the Wolverine State at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk WMKT, streaming online at WMKTVTalkStation.com. Our phone number, 866-371-1270. Our email, WMKTBusiness at gmail.com. Have a news tip, comment, question, concern, anything, send them our way. We do appreciate it. You can also reach out via social media. Stay connected at Triple Talk WMKT, both Facebook and X. My personal X account is at Nick Rudy. At last night's joint study session, Traverse City leaders continued their discussion around the potential of safe harbor operating year-round. Not a whole lot, though, was um, kind of furthered during this meeting. But people who live near Safe Harbor have raised concerns with safety issues. Safe Harbor also has not yet applied for a necessary new special land use permit. Since they haven't yet submitted an application, the City Commission did not make decisions or really discuss the issue in too much depth um, because most of it would have been speculative. In the upcoming trial of the father of the Oxford High School shooter, James Crumley, an interesting witness may be taking the stand. One of the motions put forth at a hearing yesterday would be to allow the prosecution to bring forth the original gun owner as a witness. The prosecution says the original owner can speak to the condition of the gun lock. Judge Cheryl Matthews decided to approve the motion, but said the other various motions um, want a little bit more time for her to decide, uh, which also includes two students being who were injured in the shooting, whether or not they can provide testimony. You might find find housing in a somewhat unique place soon. The former Wexford County Jail in Cadillac is going to be turned into transitional housing. Earlier this month, the county approved the sale of of the jail to Troy Baxter of Cornerstone Tabernacle Ministries for $130,000. Baxter said the site would be used for a skilled trades program called Mentoring of Skilled Trades, or most, and a place for students to live. The site is expected to be ready by summer. 
36-year-old Joshua Wurgau of Alpena has been sentenced to between 15 and 30 years in prison for his role in the death of Bryn Bills and Abbey Hill in late 2021. Wurgau avoided a lengthier sentence by taking a plea deal in exchange for his testimony against co-defendant Brad Srebnik. Earlier this month, Srebnik was convicted on multiple counts, including two counts of first-degree premeditated homicide. He's going to be sentenced on April 1st. An event for you pinball enthusiasts, Friday through Sunday, there's going to be several pinball tournaments in Traverse City. Friday is a split flipper tournament and an adaptive controller tournament for those with disabilities. On Saturday, there's going to be five different categories, and then on Sunday, it's going to be the finals for the Women's Open and Masters Division. This is all taking place at Right Brain Brewery. Half of the proceeds from Friday's tournament will go to a Traverse City charity that makes playing pinball accessible to kids with disabilities. Four men from Muskegon have been arrested for allegedly delivering drugs to Traverse City on a regular basis. Last week, state troopers conducted a traffic stop in Garfield Township, arrested all four men ages 20 to 29. They face several charges uh, of intent to deliver a variety of drugs, including cocaine, methamphetamine, fentanyl, and heroin. They're all being held on $75,000 bond. Traverse City and Grand Traverse County employees are voicing concern about their safety in the governmental building. They say the public has unfettered access to staff and that there is a lack of guards, metal detectors, and other security issues, particularly on the building's first floor. County commissioners voted Wednesday to direct staff to bring back options for installing a security officer on the ground floor. There's currently a city-county safety committee actively studying security solutions, including education, communication, and training protocols with an updated safety policy expected to be presented to commissioners at some point in the future. Some of the uh, the, the folks that actually work in the building, they did say it's like it's kind of tough because they understand that it's a public building, but they also realize that politics has, begot- has gotten a lot more adversarial over the last couple of years. They're trying to find that balance of how to protect themselves in a open floor plan with uh, you know not a lot of... Sp- places to I really just like hide or protect themselves, um, you know, kind of coupling that with, you know, being accessible, being friendly to the folks who, who pay their salaries, basically. In continuation to a story we brought you yesterday, Michigan has seen a slight decrease in community college enrollment, a slight increase in community college, uh, and a slight decrease, uh, ra- no, increase in four-year university enrollment. So down goes community college, up goes university enrollment, although overall, all it was a slight increase just over or just under one percent but how are local high schools doing and sending their students to higher education for better or worse i can't have every single school in the entire northern michigan region but we will cover a lot of them so uh, listen close for your high school the average in the state for two-year colleges community colleges uh, from a school is 15 and a half percent 38.2% for four years. So you can uh, keep those numbers in mind while you listen for your school to see how they stack up. That's 15.5%. Two-year, 38.2% for a four-year. This is for 2023 graduates, by the way. Petoskey goes first. 21.6% going to a two-year, 44.9% going to a four-year college. TC Central, 21.1% going to a two-year, 44.1% going to a four-year. TC West has 24.6% going to a two-year 37.4% 37.4% going to a four-year. Cadillac, 7.5% to a two-year. 45.4% going to a four-year. Charlevoix has 18% going to a two-year. 54.1% going to a four-year. 
Sheboygan has 24.3% going to a two-year, 28.8% going to a four-year. Leland has 6.9% going to a two-year, 69% going to a four-year. Sutton's Bay has 33 that are going to both a two-year and a four-year. Benzie Central, 10% going to a two-year, 62% going to a four-year. We have a couple of more to get through. Gaylord has 17% going to a two-year, 34.2% going to a four-year. Onaway, 21.9% to a two-year, 9.4% to a four-year. Harbor Springs, 22% to a two-year, 64% to a four-year. Boyne City, 20% to a two-year, 54.4% going to a four-year. Kalkaska has 16% going to a two-year, 20.7% going to a four-year. Mansalona, 20% to a two-year, 24.6% to a four-year. And Elk Rapids, 19.5% to a two-year, 58.5% going to a four-year. You can stay in a historic lighthouse. The Detour Reef Light in Northern Lake Huron has expanded its Lighthouse Keeper program, previously only available on weekends. Now including weeknight stays, $50 per person, but there is a catch the light cannot be rented only by one person for $50 a night. It can, though, be rented for two people for $100 a night. You can learn more at their website, drlps.com. And job loss in northern Michigan. Decorative Panels International in Alpena is shutting down its operations. According to a press release from State Representative Cam Cavett, over 150 people will lose their jobs. The company said in a press release also Financial challenges have proved significant and insurmountable, leading to the decision to close the plant in Alpena and another one in Ohio. That has been your look at local news today. When we return from some brief messages, we are going to be speaking with our special guest today from Charter Spectrum, Bill Morand. He's going to be cluing us in on uh, expansion and broadband in rural northern Michigan that's already happened. Uh, a little bit on what we're uh, hoping to see over the next few years as far as broadband expansion and much, much more also coming up next segment as well. Uh, leaked audio, it is public, but it was it's generally defined as leaked audio from the recent meeting of the Michigan State Board of Education where two board members are raising the, the red flags on this homeschooled registry for some interesting reasons. We will hear from them as well coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT. I'm Tom Graham. AT&T says service has been restored after widespread frustration. Customers complained they had trouble making calls, texting, and accessing the Internet. No word yet from the company as to why this all happened, but data from downdetector.com, which tracks outages, shows some of the areas that experienced the most problems, places like Atlanta, Houston, and Chicago. Now, at its peak, more than 73,000 outages were reported on that website. Fox's Jeff Paul, Homeland Security, FCC, both investigating. President Biden met with family members of Alexei Navalny, a prominent opponent of Russian President Vladimir Putin. We're going to be announcing the sanctions against Putin, who is responsible for his death 
tomorrow. And the death came days ahead of the two-year mark of Russia's war on Ukraine. America's listening to Fox News. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline tickets, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airline don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 800-418-2340. That's 800-418-2340. Who would be there to tell us if the band left them begging for more? to bring us the classics spinning down Woodward. We'll be there to warn us when our commute needs a detour. Will you? Start a career in the broadcasting industry. On air or behind the scenes, there's a place for you. Go to BeThereMichigan.com to learn more. And apply online today at McDonaldGarberBroadcasting.com. Triple Talk, WMKT weather forecast. Forecast for the rest of today. We're looking at sunshine. Expect a high right around 45 areas of fog overnight tonight. Lows near 23. Sunshine for Friday. Temps actually falling throughout the day to the upper teens. Saturday, sunshine 28. And Sunday, mostly cloudy skies 41. Right back into the upper 40s in early next week. That's your forecast on Triple Talk, WMKT. Now, back to WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT, and streaming statewide at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Well, if recent years have not been an indicator of our reliance on staying connected through the interwebs, through internet, specifically Wi-Fi, which is the most stable Wi-Fi, Ethernet, provided to you by your wireless, uh, your Wi-Fi carrier, internet service provider, whatever you'd like to call it. Today was also another great way to show that as uh, some folks didn't have their cell phone data and would have to rely on Wi-Fi. And uh, so a couple of uh, internet service providers, including Charter Spectrum, has been uh, making an effort to expand into uh, previously underserved areas in northern Michigan. And joining us now is Bill Morand, from Charter Spectrum to talk to us about uh, what's been going on at Charter Spectrum. Well, Bill, thanks for joining the show today. I appreciate your time. Uh, so Charter Spectrum, they've been expanding broadband in northern Michigan. Where has that been happening? How many people have been most recently covered? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been happening uh, pretty much all over the place. You probably see the trucks. Uh, as it, well, let me start by saying as a company, we continually uh, invest 
both in our networks and our employees, and we regularly expand as part of our normal business practice. But through the RDOF expansion, we're, we're actively building in northern Michigan counties all around you. You know, Alpena, Charlevoix, Benzie, Sheboygan, um, and that's just to name a handful. I mean, pretty much everywhere around you. So we, we've been successful in, in uh, Michigan broadband grant programs as well, and that's going to, you know, only lead to further expansion in, in these rural areas. So I, I think we've been awarded uh, RDOF funds in 33 Michigan counties. So it's a busy time. What are the, like, the average, uh, what's, when people hear, you know, broadband internet and they're thinking of high-speed internet, what kind of constitutes that? What kind of speeds are they expecting as they as they get added into your coverage area? Yeah, this is gigabit uh, broadband service. I mean, starting speeds 300 meg, but uh, up to gigabit services available to them. And it, it comes with a full platform or spectrum services too, you know, uh, spectrum TV, voice, which is, you know, your home phone, and then, uh, you know, the the cellular product that is, we're just growing leaps and bounds. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, cellular project. Uh, I'm going to mention that in a little bit because uh, of things that okay. happened today. But uh, how much uh, has this investment cost as well? If you kind of further break down those numbers for us, I saw four out of every $5 are private capital invested by charter. We live in an area very worried about how tax dollars are being spent. And I found that statistic particularly interesting. Sure. Well, this is a, a very much a uh, uh, public slash private partnership, and uh, Turner expects to invest approximately five billion company wide to support this uh, expansion, and that's that number includes north of a hundred million in Michigan. So uh, it's offset by one point two billion, I think, in support from the ARDOF uh, auction, and uh, Turner will reach you know more homes and small businesses than otherwise could have without the program. So. Um, this expansion is in addition to our ongoing annual investments, as I said, which is part of our normal business plan. So, The FCC created that Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, the RDOF. What is that program and how has Charter Spectrum used it to its advantage? Sure. Well, the FCC's Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, RDOF, is a federal funding program. It's meant to help internet service providers like Charter expand their networks and and bring broadband and voice services to rural homes uh, and small businesses that previously had none or very little uh, in, in, in terms of options. So these are some of the most rural locations in the country. I mean, you know, you live up there. So, And we've already made some great progress. Uh, just in Michigan, we've already built more than 1,300 miles, to put that perspective. That's Michigan to Florida, you know. Um, that's new network infra infrastructure. And... Uh, all told, charitable, our, our rural expansion is expected to, you know, positively impact 33 Michigan counties, which I mentioned. And uh, there were 13 total companies awarded RDOF um, funds in Michigan. So I can't speak to the other ones, but I can speak to us. It seemed like the entire world moved online, or at least tried to, uh, when COVID hit. Did COVID change the pace or plans uh, you know, for Charter Spectrum starting to expand to more rural areas, such as Northern Michigan? Yeah, it certainly gave it a nudge. Um, yeah, as mentioned, you know, we continually invest in our network and we're continually expanding where where it makes sense to do so. And at the height of the pandemic, when, you know, others were, you know, laying employees off, we actually were growing. Uh, we, you know, we did self-installs uh, for modems and things like that. We increased our, our starting pay to $20 an hour for our employees. Uh, you know, and in a few years since, our employee base has grown from 
93,000 employees to over 100,000 um, US-based too, by the way. So um, we've regularly expanded our reach by you know 20,000 addresses per year and 34,000 in 2023 alone. So that's uh, a pace that's pretty breathtaking. Well, yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm wondering, and probably would occur more more frequently uh, during uh, during COVID. But like you mentioned earlier, you know, everyone's seen uh, charter spectrum trucks all over the northern Michigan region as you guys are implementing these expansions. Uh, were you getting a lot of uh, phone calls asking, "Hey, like, you know, I'm really trying to to move operations to home. You know, are we going to be part of this expansion? W- were there a lot of phone calls like that, especially during the COVID era? There were and there still are. I mean, we still have people, uh, you know, that were that, that are either on the, the the horizon, you know, they're on the plans, uh, uh, or wondering if they're on the plans. And then, you know, we're, we're not we're not finished expanding. So yeah, what does that future look like for for the broadband expansion in northern Michigan, as far as like areas and timeline? I'd say it looks pretty bright. Uh, you know, as I said, multiple providers were awarded funding via Ardoff, but. Uh, our network deployment continues at, at a rapid pace. As a background, all all of our RDOF construction is to be completed by year end 2028, and the Robin grants, which are brand new through the state funding, uh, those need to be completed by year end 2026. So you can expect to see crews working in, in multiple counties all throughout the state. So it's a frantic pace, and uh, I would say, really, if anything, we're we're ahead of schedule. A question that really just kind of popped up out of nowhere today. We saw nationwide outages with AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile and their MVOs to a lesser extent. People were scrambling to turn on Wi-Fi calling on their phones, finding other methods to be able to, to reach 911 in case of emergencies. You know, not people that were actively needing it per se, but just in case, too, they were uh, going to have an emergency. And we all know people who've relied on data plans as you know their only form of connection. Having a service through Charter Spectrum would have made navigating this outage a lot easier, would it have not? Yeah, well, I think the, the statistics are something like 85% of um, all mobile use you know, that takes place is within the home. And because this would uh, you know, uh, take place over the Wi-Fi network, as you mentioned, they there certainly would have they would have stayed connected the people you know in their homes and they would have had that 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 service available um that's that's about all i can say to say about it yeah well with, with spectrum mobile what you got you guys said you've been making leaps and bounds on that what what has that been like and i think maybe people don't know as much about I mean, you've heard of you know spectrum home internet for business as well maybe not as much about spectrum mobile do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah, I mean, we are the fastest growing uh, mobile carrier in, in the country. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is because it's, uh, you know, we're able to utilize the, the Wi-Fi calling feature uh, of our own network. And uh, we have, have also agreements with other carriers. But uh, uh, it's it, it's just it, we've, we've made it a very affordable and reliable product. And it's just uh, it's just taken a life of its own. So. Well, I, I wonder if people have questions of, well, I don't have access to Spectrum Internet in my in my location right now. Are they still able to sign up for Spectrum Mobile? Having Spectrum Internet is a requirement for having Spectrum Mobile, yes. If, if, if a listener wanted to learn more about the expansion, you know, either just kind of like visualize it or know if their area might receive access soon, if they're part of the uh, the current expansion, uh, where should they go? Yeah, okay, this is going to be a, a little bit of a mouthful, but it's uh, go to spectrum.com slash C 
cp slash build and visit the quote spectrum rural expansion end quote link uh, if your address is or near a build area you can sign up for email or text updates as our builds progress and uh, uh, it's it's you'll get a lot of questions answered there and, it, and it's updated regularly is there a place on that website as well? We'll link that out on our social media handles as well. Is there, is there a place for like public feedback is, you know, like kind of compiling requests to be added to the network or is there, is there not something like that? It, it's not, not so much a, a, a compilation, but uh, it's just a place where they can, they can fill out and, and be heard. How's that? Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, Bill Moran, the Senior Communications Director for Charter Spectrum, Great Lakes Region. Thanks for making the time for us today. Appreciate your uh, your your insight on uh, this expansion. I know a lot of people are, are looking to uh, move businesses online, be connected uh, through high-speed internet at their home. So this is a, a great opportunity. Yeah, if I can just close with a little caveat, you know, just a personal example. I mean, I've got a cottage in, uh, in you know, I live in Michigan. I've got a cottage in, in rural Oscoda County that was a benefit you know, a benefactor, I should say, from from this rural expansion uh, last year. And, uh, you know, I've got a neighbor up there who uh, lives there full time, and she made kind of the joking comment. She, they've lived there for eight years, and she said, we used to see uh, three FedEx trucks a year, and now we see three a week. And that kind of gives you the, the rippling economic effect that these kind of uh, build-outs can have to rural communities. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great picture. Absolutely. Bill, thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Again, our thanks to Bill Moran for joining us today to uh, talk to us about the expansion of rural broadband from Charter Spectrum in northern Michigan. There's only two members on the Michigan State Board of Education, Nikki Snyder and Tom McMillan, who are worth their salt at this point. And at this month's meeting, they raised some concerns about this proposed homeschool registry that we've talked about before on the show. The registry itself, not ideal, uh, but I think the largest amount of concern is around the slippery slope idea. A list is really not enough to do what the Democrats allegedly want it to, to be made for, which is, you know, they say, protect kids from abuse. You have a list, but how, how do you check it? It's not like they're Santa and all-knowing. Will this lead to warrantless Entries of your home. Some are saying that, including these right-leaning school board members. Uh, they spoke at this meeting this month. Let's tune in to hear these important points that they made. Comments by state board members. Mr. McMillan. Okay. So this whole home, you know, and I should have, I could have brought it up because you brought it up during your superintendent report, but this whole homeschooling thing is really uh, quite disturbing. And one of the things that disturbs me about this is the disingenuousness of the discussion. Because we have people like the Senate Education Committee Chair, uh, Dana Pohanke, saying that when asked about increasing regulations beyond re registration, she said, not on my watch. Well, we got Attorney General Nessel that says that she wants to do it because the foster care system didn't do their job. and. Apparently, homeschool parents, uh, there was some abuse going on at a homeschool home, um, or that actually it sounds like the foster care system, but certainly a mere registration, a list of people is not going to have anything to do or will not help prevent 
um, what Attorney General Nessel is talking about. So she's already kind of said the quiet part out loud. She basically said, we want this list so that we can have unwarranted home entry uh, without a warrant, warrantless uh, home entry into homeschool into this particular targeted group. Um, and we want to be able to go in there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things happening all around the state, potentially in some houses. But we have a legal system that says you have to have a warrant before you go in. However, um, because of this one instance, uh, you know, some in the state want to be able to barge in and, and bust the door down. And, and I'm not being, you know, it's not hyperbolic. I mean, if they knock on the door and they say, no, I don't want you to come in, and there's all kinds of reasons not to have them in. I, I don't, I hope I'm not the only one, but, you know, there's to have the government come into your house. I don't know, there's a, a book called Three Felonies a Day. Can't remember the guy's name that wrote it, but I mean, if the government wants to get you, they're gonna find something. Uh, and so you, there's just, without warrant, they shouldn't be coming into your house. Um, and and so I just think that this is, um, this is, it's gonna go beyond registration. That, you know, there, there's, there's either, either naive, they're either naive or they're being disingenuous for anybody to say, all we wanna do is have a list. Um, it's gonna go significantly further than that. They're gonna either want uh, to know exactly what's being taught um, or they're gonna want entry into the houses. And so I think that this is um, a, real, a real problem. I guess I just wish that the debate would be sincere um, because we have, we have one of the leaders in the education area saying, I promise you on my watch, it'll never happen. And, and that's only a few years. Um, but we, we know that in other instances, registration leads to confiscation. Registration leads to getting in you know, rounding up. I mean, there's just registration is the first step and it's not the only step. And I wish that the debate were clear that, you know, it's gonna be a lot further than registration. Uh, the desire uh, that the Attorney General has already articulated said that she wants warrantless home entry into this targeted group of people. And I think it's dangerous. You know, there's, I think that that could be any, you know, the next group could be next. I mean, who knows who the next group is? Um, that, that, that there's a target uh, for warrantless home entry. So um, I just, uh, I, that's my uh, initial comment or my comments on uh, this whole, some push by some people to simply register so we know where they are. I think that's completely disingenuous uh, and or naive, one or the other, but we know it doesn't stop there. Anybody that has half a brain realizes it doesn't just stop there. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. McMillan. Ms. Tilly. <clears throat> I just want to, because you mentioned the foster youth, I just want to say that this has been an issue in the community that has been talked about for a while about being able to track them because they're bouncing from schools to <clears throat> homes and, mm -hmm. and um, sometimes there's issues where they've run away because of things that, are, that have happened. They want to better track them. I don't know about the other end of it, but as far as with the foster youth, that is a real issue. Okay, thank you, Ms. Tilly. Ms. Snyder. I'll just echo what you guys both have said, and I wish we could separate them so that that, 
problem is solved and they do have access to an education just like everybody else, which we've been talking about. Um, my resolution that I presented this morning, I wish that we would uh, consider it. I don't think it's an issue that's going away. I think students have a constitutional right and reasonable expectation to privacy. I do. Um, I've been very clear too and forthright with the fact that, you know, it's oppressive to ask a student that has left the public education system for whatever reason they've left to then ask them to register with that same system. We wouldn't do that in any other uh, facet of society. And so to give people the freedom to exercise choices that work best for them is extremely important. Um, just because we're one of 11 states doesn't mean the other 39 are doing it the right way. I, I don't think we need to approach it that from that perspective. Um, and I just really want to push back on things we've talked about at this table. Public education is not safer than homeschooling. And that, that means it's, it's incumbent upon us to address that. There are multiple pieces of evidence that we've discussed here at the board table time and time again that we do nothing about that prove public education needs a safety overhaul before we can claim that homeschool leaves students more vulnerable. So sexual abuse epidemic where we refuse to register school officials with assaulted students so they can be hired, rehired elsewhere. Being concerned with requiring BTAM training, which we talked about recently at the local level due to resources, it would take the department to audit them. And yet here we are thinking we have the resources to audit every family's <laughs> educational choice in the state. That's, that's unreasonable. And countless stories that violate a safe learning environment across the state which I don't think we're done with hearing yet. So um, when you use the words disingenuous, yes, I think it is very disingenuous to suggest that we need to audit families and their educational choices because of safety, especially private and parochial schools, right? They, what ends up happening in other states that register students in these buckets, as you, as you say, is we end up overseeing their curriculum. They're making specific choices to not be in public education so that they can access a curriculum we're not choosing to administer to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you start to ask them to jump through hoops and you're really uh, interfering and discriminating against their right to exercise educational freedom. So I, again, I don't think the topic is going away. And, um, and I certainly don't think that safety in public schools is something that we should shy away from. Uh, I think we should be spending our time, energy, and effort in that, because that's what we have a constitutional authority over. You've heard the left's argument in the mainstream media plenty of times. Uh, anywhere you look, it's going to show up there. Do you think the argument is genuine? They just want a registry so they can see that X number of students are homeschooled or could be at risk if the state encounters them during a welfare check or something. They run in like, ah, oh, there's a report of child abuse. Oh, they're um, they're homeschooled. So we'll just take an extra look in, which is what some people argue or are arguing for. Um, or do you think Snyder and McMillan are right? And this is only the beginning. And the state could show up at your front door to routinely check if your unregistered children are okay, simply for the fact that they are unregistered. Maybe you agree with the registry. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're in favor of these warrantless searches at the, uh, the altar of child safety. Maybe, maybe not. I certainly have my opinion, but 
Wouldn't we all want to have this conversation be honest and open about what it truly is about? Everyone say what they truly mean and intend to have happen. That way people can select the idea they want the most. Something tells me with the state of the mainstream media, that is not going to be the case. But right now it is time for WMKT's Market Watch. Pretty good day on Wall Street. Dow Jones increased 456 points, ending at 39,069. The NASDAQ increased 460 points, ending at 16,041. And the S&P 500 increased 105 points, ending at 5,087. Individual stocks on our market watch. Domino's Pizza had a day. They increased $7.25 per share. They end at 42801. DTE Energy, they fell $2.14, ending at $107.02. They haven't been doing so hot recently. Stryker Corporation, they increased $5.60 per share, ending at $353.15. And rounding us out, Whirlpool finally stopped the bleeding. They increased $1.43 per share. They end at $111.47. That has been WMKT's Market Watch. If you missed any of today's show, including the interview with Bill Moran of Charter Spectrum, you can head over to our website, wmktthetalkstation.com. On-demand tab on the upper right-hand corner, click Special Edition Interviews. You can listen right now in the browser or on your smartphone via mobile app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, which is now YouTube Music as well, or Spotify. That is all the time that we have for today's show. We will be back tomorrow with more of the news you need to know. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Have a good night. <laughs>